Hey, welcome back. It's time to see if we can't hop in the driver's seat and learn what it's to be driven by design. The only show that shows you the future of automotive design. And those doing it today and tomorrow with our driven designer, Brian Thompson. Hey, Brian. Howdy, duty. This is a rare opportunity to do two in one. Uh, if those listened last week, this is uh, we're taping these together, but we, we're going to split this into two parts because actually, so much I just have one about. shirt that I wear over and over again. <laughs> I'm trying to save you here. <laughs> <laughs> I I just thought this was so cool, and we had the time. We said let's do a part two. And let, I said let's do it right now. So we'll spread it over two weeks, but we're doing it together here while we're in the moment here. Remind us what we talked about in part one. Yeah, that was what's so exciting to be able to talk and to reintroduce them if they just uh, stepped into the show. In, well, in I was just run. about to, if you let me. <laughs> <laughs> Come so, on, I'm excited. I, I am go. too, man. Uh, so we've got back today, again, is Felix Hulse, who was the former head of uh, Hot Wheels and Matchbox brands, developed them, and then has now started his own company called Hackrod. And last uh, podcast, we talked about the connection to cars. And what that means from a, a childhood stance of the connection to the toys, to what's happening uh, in this new autonomous world where maybe where is some connection going to be lost, to the future of manufacturing where there's so much creativity in that the people creating the cars are everybody, that there'll be connection again. So I want to talk about, I want to dive into that because we really didn't get into it. And then I really want Felix to be able to tell a bit about his story about leaving the nest of a major corporation and starting his own thing because a lot of what this podcast is about is design inspiration and finding that space for you, uh, the listener, to try something new that might or might not be holding you back. And so let's go into that. So let me set up again my own personal take on this. When I was a little boy, uh, being born in 1956 and growing up in the 60s, With I had airline? match <laughs> boxes, <laughs> had match boxes, and then I had uh, Hot Wheels. And was totally entranced with both of them, partly because my dad worked in the car business. We all, all our fathers did. We were collecting the toys daddy made. And then it was like blowing our mind at what could be done with these things uh, through George Barris and the Batmobile kind of cars that they were making at Hot Wheels. But I, th I think to myself, what brilliant marketing. They're training these little four, five, six, ten-year-olds to, to feel passionate about a product. And to want to own it as a kid, we couldn't wait to get our hands on a driver's license and, and own the real thing someday. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wonder if when we're doing uh, when the car drives itself, when it just picks, uh, it's a box that just picks us up, whether we will lose that, whether we've already lost some of that connection to the cars. We don't name them like we use. They're not the Barracuda anymore. And whether or not <laughs> when they become fully automatic and just something we rent once in a while or use once in a while, we it'll be a toaster and we won't want to uh, have a connection to it anymore well that's a great place to kick this off do you think felix the connection to cars is lost or is it just evolved into a different thing right now it, it it's evolved into a different thing i um we it was one of the biggest one of the one of the biggest journeys i had um while i was with hot wheels was was trying to figure out how do we re-engage with with a generation who perhaps um haven't got a story to tell around cars anymore. Right? Interesting. We, we were being told by the research group that, you know, kids didn't care anymore because mom drove a minivan or a Prius and that was their perception of cars. And not that there's anything wrong with the Prius. Um, the, the, there's a lot wrong with the drivers. But, <laughs> um, the, the, uh, but it's the, a bus. It's a box. Yeah. It's a box. It's a, it, 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 it's a utility thing. And um, 
And the, the research group was just saying, we've talked to moms and they don't know how to tell a story and Pixar cars does well because there's a story. So Hot Wheels is out. Mm. And we looked at it and we're like, don't be so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the problem is not that there is a story with Pixar cars. It's that there is no story with Hot Wheels. And so we, we went out there and said, tell you what, let's start building our own story. And, and as if by magic, simultaneously, and to prove the point, Fast and the Furious franchise became the biggest movie franchise For sure. on the planet. Yeah. And we were able to turn around to the research group and say, well, tell you what, like, explain that. Are you telling me that cars are irrelevant? Wow. There's a lot more to that story in terms of the demographic and, 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 and yeah, and, but, but, but the, the connection is but there. But the connection is there. So yeah. we, we, we did the huge Hot Wheels for real stunts and that entire thing to re-engage. What was, what was that? Oh, we, um, so the first, we, we decided we created a whole backstory to Hot Wheels and we pretended that there was an Area 52 place in the desert, um, where since 1968 or what, before. What, what, what you mean there isn't? <laughs> oh, there is. I, I believed oh, no, it. Go, go watch the, go watch the videos. I can promise you. I've been there. <laughs> now it is. Um, and so we, we created a backstory. Story. And it was very, it was magical, right? We, we created this whole kind of like YouTube series. And mm -hmm. I remember those. They did we, these crazy stunts yeah, and things we, like that. We, we built a whole bunch of real cars. And then yeah. to prove it, because people were calling bullshit, we said, all right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go and jump a truck the length of a football field in the middle of the Indy 500. And so we, 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 you know, we, we partnered with some of our friends, um, and uh, we built this um, Pro 2 truck, super, souped up Pro 2 truck, and we built mm -hmm. a 100-foot bedroom door in the middle of the Indy 500, and we rolled, Panafaust drove the, the truck off the top of this bedroom door down an orange track uh. and jumped it the length of a football pitch um, in front of 350,000 people live, Whoa. at which point there was like, yeah, look, it's real. Hot Wheels for test facility. We just did an experiment. They <laughs> <laughs> test real cars to make little ones. And then we did like, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, put, we put two huge life-size loops in the middle of Los Angeles at the X Games and put two cars through simultaneously through one. a 70-foot loop. Yeah. And then the one that was less publicized but was equally cool is we did the kind of um, man with the golden gun barrel roll mm -hmm. um, at, uh, out, it was out at San Bernardino um, Airport. Which but you it, didn't do it with an AM, AM, AMC AMX, right? No, no. We, we, we went <laughs> like that was what was in that more, movie, right? We went a bit more yeah. aggressive yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Uh, suspension setup, let's say. That. Nerd But here. we jumped. I think we, I think we, I think we did like 103 feet um, oh, wow. ramp the ramp barrel roll yeah um which is pretty spectacular and yeah. all of this was part of a narrative all of this yeah. was part of storytelling um <clears throat> so 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 i think now the place for for for, for brands um it's it's almost full circle i mean mm -hmm. we grew up where on a saturday or friday night or saturday night the only pl the only way you could catch a bad guy was to have a badass car right right mm -hmm. night rider starsky and hutch dukes of hazard a team it goes on and on yeah. and on right which is funny because night rider is the first autonomous car yeah if you really think about it like the technology was the idea was there right oh for sure yeah for sure yeah and, so and i'm curious about that as you as we get into autonomous cars what do you think that connection will be um well i think that i mean i think now so will they be our friend, like uh, <laughs> like, like Kit? A, like Kit? Uh, will, <laughs> will they, they be? Hey buddy, I need your help. Or will they be a scary thing like two thousand one? Hal, I don't think you should drive that fast. <laughs> well, okay. uh, or, or will it Daisy. be just a uh, you know a, a, a device like Alexa or something here? Yeah, I think it all depends how paranoid you are, really. <laughs> you will make your own reality, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it is a great question because I think that the 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 idea of driving is changing, right? So if there's commuting that drives you, but uh, commuting commuting moves you around, but what drives you? And there there is this like desire to drive a car. Yep. Do you think that uh, that will get lost? Because that's I feel like such a human thing to want to drive. A well, car. Let, I mean, let me tell you, over the past few years, I've spent a lot of time um, at, at various conferences, surrounded by people who have a vested interest in working out the the, the many problems there is that there are 
um, and challenges there are with autonomous cars, right? Mm -hmm. um, autonomous cars will happen, mm -hmm. and they will happen sooner than oh, you yeah. think. Nothing will, I'm working on has a steering wheel anymore. Yeah, and they will probably happen in different say ways. Say that again. You've said that before. You say that so casually. For those of it, because car design is what, five, six years in the future or whatever? Yeah, about seven years in the future. Yeah, no, nothing that I, you know, I'm a, so I'm a contract designer now. I've spent my career uh, 10 years at Nissan and then went out on my own. But now, I uh, everything that I work on it does not have a steering wheel. And it's like, it's amazing to me that this stuff that was science fiction when I was a little boy is now the bread and butter of my income. So how does that change the experience? And you had a, a couple other shows. You mentioned a couple of things that maybe you guys can explore. You said yeah. maybe it returns to the to its origin, to the coach and buggy days, where the coach you're riding and you're facing each other and you're interacting with people as opposed to sitting back to back and mm -hmm. staring out, out the window. Well, I think screen. this is a great that's a great question for Felix. I, I think one of the things that we lose in, in cars in connection with people is that in this room right here, we're facing each other. We're having a conversation with each other. We're looking at each other. But in a car, you look away from each other. You, you yep. know, the only people that do that are people like on a soap opera because they're looking at the camera, right? Yep. It's just so unhuman <laughs> to like be crying, you know, and yelling at somebody when you're looking like at there and we're like this, you know. Yep. But um, but in a in an autonomous car, you face each other. So I wonder, does the connection now become more about person to person, and then? If so, what happens to the connection to that space? I, I mean, I, th I think that's very, very interesting, right? That what happens inside of an autonomous car and what mm -hmm. does that mean to human interaction mm -hmm. and, in fact, productivity and entertainment? And all, that's where all the big questions are right now for anybody who's really engaged in the, autonom the, the autonomous experience. Um, and then there's also the, the, the visceral thing that the, the automobile um, offered through the 20th century, which was freedom and thrill and excitement and the For notion sure. that you're at, you're in control of your own destiny and the open road beckons. Yeah, um, Sweet 16 license, got to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, yeah. now the, 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 the old kind of like Sweet 16 license doesn't happen anymore because today's kid, and I, I, mean, I just know this from a lot of research, like mm -hmm. today's kid views a car as a liability. Um, their world, they, they, they used to need a car for connectivity, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that for for decades and decades, teenagers could not wait to get their driver's license to because it meant they could visit their friend on the other side of town. Yeah. And it gave them the feeling of being part of a connected community. And freedom. Well, yeah, when freedom. Well, in this in this day and age of 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 smartphones and connectivity, um, of digital connectivity, kids would rather be driven and sit in the back talking to all of their friends on a device, mm -hmm. and and then then take on the responsibility of insurance and the danger of driving and the costs of the car and paying for gas for and whatever sure. that may be. And let me add one other one as a as a parent and not a grandparent. There was a fear that my parents didn't have. When my daughter, a, a fear of them taking off on their own, a fear of getting in a car crash, a fear of what can happen when they're out of our control and our view, the helicopter parents that you know my generation is famous for, and, which is exactly the opposite of what I felt. I wanted to get away. I, that was all that, that freedom. I mm -hmm. couldn't wait to be on my own. And I wonder if that, the other thing is I've seen crash and burn is a bike sales. Kids don't get bikes like they used to because the parent it, the bike allowed you to leave the neighborhood, mm -hmm. and now the parent doesn't want you out of their sight because okay. you're going to get abducted or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. You, maybe the self-driving is a little more protected space again. Oh, I mean, I mean, believe me, I live in Los Angeles. I can't wait for self-driving. Yeah, um, but at the same time, I think what it's going to lead to is it's going to it's going to lead to the very clear differentiation of vehicle type and vehicle use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I believe that we're going to see a fragmentation of the leisure market. Right, the idea of the Sunday car, the idea of like leisure driving. Yeah, I mean, and also yeah. if you think about things, it's 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 getting easier and easier and easier now to not actually own your car. Right, mm-hmm. whether it's Uber or whether it's the beginning of the, um, the, 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 the car share, vehicle share programs that we talked earlier. You, you mentioned Volvo. There are, there are others out there now that literally, you know, you're going to need an SUV, so just have it for the day rather well, than... Just to clarify, uh, Volvo has a program where you can pay a certain amount of money every month and you get access to a line of cars rather yeah. than owning one car, yeah. which is a different... Which is the, which, When you see that happening, you know that the business model of the car industry is changing because for a big manufacturer to go, wait a minute, this is different than leasing. This is different than buying. This is subscription. Something's changing. Yeah. And do you think, Felix, that um, this idea of driving will, will we look back on drive? Well, will kids born today look at driving the way we would look at like smoking in front of a baby? Like, how could you, how could you let somebody have control of a 2000 pound machine? It seems so dangerous. Or will that need to sort of the, the, the need that a human had to, 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 to drive them to drive, to ride a horse or a motorcycle before there were cars, uh, will that still be there? That need for control, the freedom of yourself, or, or is it evolving in a different way? Are we just going to have a future of appliances that move us? about like I, mean, I, th- I think that I think that if you look if you look at what if you look at horses for example right horses very very rapidly went from utility to leisure mm. in the early part of the of the 20th century yes right? that's true yeah and now horses you know there are many many there's many many different um echelons of the equestrian world from horses that that trade hands for millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. all the way down to kind of just utility especially if you live in the countryside and it's something that's a pleasant way of traversing the countryside it's it's a hobby it's it, it gives people a thrill and i think that what we'll end up with um and i and i don't think it will become quite so niche as as horses mm-hmm. um but I think we'll end up looking at the, 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 the world of whether it's pure leisure or it's utility. Um, and, and, and then when you combine that with, with, with what technology is going to afford us in that, then the idea of, of many, like a very, very splintered, diverse type, um, utility type of vehicles will allow a lot more flexibility in that market. But All will it be like the horses have become just for the wealthy? They can afford to house them and feed them and take care of them and and uh, and have one, or tie in what you're doing where you can make your own car, 3D print your car, where everybody will have their own car because it's so simple and so easy and affordable. Well, I think I mean I think that um, and that's a great. Well, let, let's let let's let uh, Felix explain here what you're doing now because it's a great segue to this. You mentioned before in the last podcast just a bit about you had left Hot Wheels, you were working with a, a brand called Hackrod, which yep. is your company yep. that you created now. That's a great segue because if this, so I always think that things happen in polar trends, right? Let's say that the answer to this question is ultimately yes, yes. There is commuting that will happen and you will disconnect from cars, but there's a different way you'll connect your cars. And it sounds like what you're doing is that that will foster that connection. And, and how do you, how do you see that happening? Yeah. I mean, my, 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 my fund my fundamental philosophy is that anybody should be able to design and make anything, mm-hmm. right? That's my big picture. Like Ted talk. Oh yeah. This is why we exist. We yeah. believe at Hackrod that anybody should be able to make anything in right? a world, in the yeah. world, in a world. We, and we use <laughs> Anytime. that time. Just part, go of it, part of it's having a movie director for a partner yeah. and a like, voice like that. In, like yours. In a world. Well, you should hear his voice. It's even, it's even funnier. Um, but the, 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 you know, the, the idea, idea is 
never before has so much power been available to so many, right? That's another, that's another movie, uh, right. Never Before. Right? <laughs> um, you just do and, my voiceover. And so we need Don LaMontagne. While I'm here, now that we're into the second, yeah, yeah. The, the, second, the second recording, maybe I could also do some kind of, uh, you know, little, like, have you, got any, bites, yeah. you got any commercial work or sound <laughs> bites? Right, please, we need uh, a believe sponsor. Me, believe me, I've got a startup. <laughs> if you want to pay me to do commercial work, I'm in. Um, if there's any voiceover agents out there, please yeah. uh, get in touch with. Um, so, um, so, so really our, our role, what we're building, we're building a digital platform to connect, to connect all of these new technologies, which are incredibly powerful, artificial intelligence, generative design, machine learning, virtual reality, 3D printing, it goes on and on and mm -hmm. on, right? None, none of this existed just a few years ago, right? Yeah, and, it, and it, kind it, of to help people understand what that means is that the idea of making a little bit of money on a lot of cars, that is a huge investment for the car industry. The car companies are always are, are so conservative because if they make one mistake, if a, if, a, if a Corolla fails, it is catastrophic for the company. But what you're talking about is that that investment is no longer relevant in the new world because you have all of these small niche ways to yep. make a product personalized and make and make it profitable, and I think yeah, and I think it it starts where we're, we're we're actively engaged with some fairly big brand partners right now, exploring the space. Right, what does it mean to an established car company, especially in the world of autonomous and electric, where they're looking for new ways of adding that personal touch or that flamboyance or that or that extra kind of thing that calls them out amongst the competition? Mm -hmm. And so, hey, guess what? You can design your own bumper. You can design your own fascia. And then have it 3D printed, right? And, that's, it's, that's, and it's your own. There's only one. Yeah. And it's a component. Yeah. I mean, you could put your name on the, mm -hmm. you want to buy, you want to buy a, a new Ford truck, then you could actually have your name 3D printed or in fact robotic metal forming, which is really exciting, incremental metal, for, metal forming. So they still make the underlying platform and then you just dress you, it up. You, yeah. You get to customize, customize your own stuff, it. right? You get to design your own. And then long term, the goal is with the help of artificial intelligence and generative engineering that eventually you, you, you can go more to base components. Choose your desired electric, um, skateboard or powertrain. Or if you want to get into the world, if you really want to get into the world of like, of, of, of 21st century hot rodding, um, virtual environment, here's your choice of crate engines from the, from, from the major suppliers. Mm -hmm. Choose your engine. Maybe you want to put this transmission with it. The adapter plate gets automatically 3D printed and artificial intelligence knows what it's got to do. I want suspension from this manufacturer. And so then, then does the manufacturer just sell you the design and you're the, you're the part supplier? Orchestrator. I, I think that, I think that the way, the way I look at it is, right, that, 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 that there are, you know, there's billions of dollars a year spent on, on, on R&D in the world of, let's just look at engines. And we're never going to, we're never going to say, why would you ever design your own engine? Why would you ever buy a new one when there's, thousands of works of art sitting in junkyards everywhere still viable i mean god you yeah. could go and buy a mercedes an amg mercedes v8 right for like nothing and use it but do you think that so in this world let's imagine this world uh where people are riding around in their their ubers that pick them up and they never buy these cars they're just subscribing to the service of mobility they get picked up they get dropped off there maybe there's hotel room cars that you rent for the night all sorts of crazy scenarios that we've talked about before like you know waiting outside the clubs they're doing it in japan right now right. yeah literally you you rent the car for the afternoon just so you can sleep right exactly uh, you know and, private and room yeah. all of the shenanigans that goes on in cars and that's happening in these sort of you know service and industry cars but there's this other world because we're though that is not connecting the way people desire to connect of this world where you're you're creating your own car and having so much connection do you see that happening as like a polar trend do you see that as like reserved for the wealthy or who is who's going to do that the thing that the thing that drives me right is um is not to design 
high-end sports cars for the wealthy. It's to use technology to allow kids who maybe can no longer afford to go to university. Maybe they can never experience what it's like to actually play with components in a car. Um, to, 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 in effect, democratize invention. To you know, that's um, kind of amazing when you say that because you think about it. it you, th- you are the perfect person to start this because that's what Hot Wheels was doing. Well, let me, so let's go, let's go. I mean, in the, in, in the last, in the last record, in the last episode, yeah. um, we talked about where did Hot Wheels come from? Hot Wheels was born out of the American hot rod culture, yeah. right? And who were the hot rodders? The hot rodders were not wealthy 35, 40 year old executives. Exactly. The hot rodders were 16, 18 year old kids who couldn't, who couldn't get anything new and fancy because there wasn't anything and they were raiding the junk piles of America for old model Model T Fords and Model A's and putting the biggest engine they could afford in them and stripping them down and creating the most exciting cars of the period. And creating a new aesthetic that and didn't exist. It, which was then copied by the big OEMs. Yeah. And in fact, when you look at things like Autorama, Futurama, yeah. the GM and Ford ran through the, through the kind of mid-50s, and they actually started putting the hot rodders work on display yes. to drive interest in their own designs – then we're in a world now where I mean it's in my it's in the it's in the company name right Hack Rod it's mm-hmm. it's a hot rod for hackers yeah, right? exactly it's hacker culture meets hot rod culture yes, I love and that. Ho- so wow. Hot Wheels was born out of hot rod culture Hack Rod was born out of Hot Wheels culture yeah and the philosophy is how do we give twenty first century kids who are completely digital native mm-hmm. the tools to invent new things that suits them. To cre- and also to create their own aesthetic. And to create their own aesthetic, which then in turn can lead to new industry. And also leads to this connection again. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is fascinating because we could talk for hours about it, but I, I want to give you a chance to tell a little bit of your story. We have about five minutes left. Sure. One of the things I think that's so inspiring about somebody like you is that you, you, you've been in a very, uh, in a position that, that affects lives, you know, affects culture and toys and, 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 and people's lives at a young age. And then, and you're also in this sort of nest at that point, working for a large company. As somebody who has also left a large nest, and I like to tell the story of what it's like to leave that nest, what is it like to leave Hot Wheels and start Hackrod? Um, let's start with, like, what what drove you to leave? Um, uh, there, there, were, there were a number of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that over the, I was doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I tell people, like, well, you know, when the best job in the world becomes a pain in the ass, <laughs> you've got to make a change. Yeah. And, and while, you know, through those, last, those final couple of years where we were doing incredible things, we were setting world records and building real cars, and um, the, I just started getting, I, I, got, I, I started getting disgruntled at first Mm. with the 20th century manufacturing model Mm -hmm. and how everything was geared towards the shareholder and product was getting worse because the the, to me the mathematics of 20th century mass manufacturing and and the china manufacturing model just didn't make any sense anymore so there's like a voice inside there was a voice inside me going this is wrong this is wrong we're we're, we're not this is this is self-devouring. And for yes. those watching the video, he raised only one finger when he said there's a voice inside of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me, it would be like lots of voices. Some of them have ponytails. I'm very focused. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and that voice is very focused. Um, and then also, I, 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 I start to realize now, you, you begin to understand you, you, your notion of success changes, right? That, that I had a, I, at the time, I, I had a health problem. Um, which I needed to focus on. I uh, I had recently got married. Mm-hmm. I had my first child. So your notion of success dramatically changes as you get older, right? It was no longer about having a car collection and, and consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I started realizing, you know what? I want. I want. I if I if I really want to be truly successful, whether that is. I can I can pay off a home in the hills and become an artist at some point before I'm too old to enjoy doing that, 
or whether it's, no, I want to be really rich, mm-hmm. and therefore the only way I'm going to do that is to do it on my own terms and take a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that reason was, I realized that, that I needed to make a change. And then I got, I got frustrated with politics within mm-hmm. a, company, yeah. a large company. But that voice, so many people don't listen to that voice, and that voice nags and it gets louder. It's, and, a, very, and what, it's, it's a very scary voice. It's a scary voice until you listen to it. Tell me about the moment that you did listen to it. You, now Hot Wheels is in your little tiny review mirror behind you, mm-hmm. behind you, and you're now away from the the income that you had you have to make it yourself what's what keeps you up at night what what makes you keep going what's um, scary i mean it's, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of different responses to that right the, the thing that keeps me up i mean the night, question had three parts so there's a lot of different responses <laughs> so so i didn't i didn't you know i it, there's it, at the, the, the time that i did this there's more than me it's no if i just been if i just been like a single dude i would have yeah. been like all right then how am i going to do this sell the house in la move out to such and such let's mm-hmm. keep going whatever but i wasn't i had a, i had a mortgage i had a house that we'd worked for for, for years and years and years to build up to i had a a, a, a very young child um and so I set myself up to be like, right, I'm going to do it the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so what keeps me up at night is making sure that, 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 that the stress is not killing my relationship and that my, my, my family is safe under the home that we worked for for years. Yeah. The exciting bit was to step out of the, the, the corporate environment and realize how slow these companies work. Yeah. And to, it was like going back to university. Yes. The first couple of years of hanging right. out with, with, you know, we worked with Autodesk, we worked with Siemens, we were big tech companies. Because of our background, they were happy to, to throw back the curtain and show us the future. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, the world's moving so fast. So and if fast. I'd stayed where I was, I just wouldn't. would have missed it. I would have missed it. I knew, I fundamentally knew there was a tidal wave coming. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it yet. Right. As soon as I left it. the company, I saw the tidal wave. Right. And that was like, all right, I better grab the surfboard because oh, I can sit on that. the beach or I can grab the surfboard and ride and the wave. And ride the wave. And that's such a great message for people who are considering, who are frustrated with their jobs. You, you have to, if you listen to that voice and you take the risk, you know, you, your life changes yeah. when you go out there. And it is, you know, it's like I say, I always say it's like flying a plane. Sometimes you in and it always runs out of gas. But the fuel plane always yeah. seems the, to come the, back. The fundamental thing, yeah. though, is to make sure that you also recognize the value of others. Yeah. Recognize what you can't do well and make sure you've got really good people who can do that. And help. Because it's really hard. Yeah. And there's no way I could be doing this unless we found the right people around us to do some of the stuff that does not come naturally to me. To understand talents that yeah, you, you have got and to, don't have. So before we run out of gas, how do they reach you and find out more if they want to <laughs> talk to you I about this? I know I want to keep going. This is so good. <laughs> Part three. All right. Same three. shirt. Different day. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, how do people find you? Yeah, you can get me. I mean, you can follow me on social media. Um, I don't use pseudonyms. Felix Holst, F E L I X H O L S T, or you can you can follow Hackrod. We've, there's a Facebook page. You can you can contact us through our website directly at info at hackrod.com. Um, how, f- how far along is ha- is Hackrod? Is this uh, seed invested, self invested? Have you got investors? Where where are you at? Yeah, in this we process? bootstrapped it. We bootstrapped it for the first four or five years. Um, you know, I sold I sold the car collection, um, which was you know just necessary. Like gradually, I've I've, I've, I've I'm down to a I'm down to a second hound second hound very rough Audi Avant <laughs> second hound be a classic the the then we, we're in a seed we're in a seed we're in a seed um, seed investment period right now we're about to launch the first public facing um, examples probably by the end of the year you'll be able to log on to Autonomo which is the product oh Autonomo Autonomo got a reveal um, here. And, um, you know, hopefully we, we are, we're actually working with, there's a, there's a company that spun out a Jaguar Land Rover called Arc Motorcycles. Mm-hmm. They've, they've just launched their first bike. It's an electric super bike, the Vector. 
um, they saw what we were doing and and said, this is how we want to sell our motorcycle. Excellent. And so, so will you originally be like an aftermarket option to, to customize these things as you move towards actually building your own platform that can produce it from um, the ground I, up? I think the easiest way to say it is if you imagine the platform literally like a boulevard mm -hmm. and you go to Autonomo and you stand on a boulevard and there are stores on the boulevard that at first there's only a couple. And then gradually more and more shops will open and you can go and ex you can go into, you know, whatever brand and experience a brand in an entirely new way. It's a community. Um, it's a virtual um, boulevard. Oh, well. And the tool set we're developing can be used in many different ways, depending on what the needs of the brand are. And wow. will the brands accept that, that you're going to customize their baby? They're going to take, Brian's going to take the car he did at Nissan, and you're going to change it and put a different face well, on we, it? Well, I mean, we, there's two car ways. Car designers there's, will cry all over the, the world. Yeah. There's, there's two ways of looking at that, right? The, 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 the aftermarket has established for decades yeah, exactly. that, that people want to do that. People want to do their own stuff. Um, but also, what we're, edu we're educating certain brands. We're beginning, we're getting into some discussions with some big um, transport brands Excellent. to say, you you should look at the way that you offer people the personalization options is no longer log on to a website and choose the color of the leather and the mm -hmm, wheels right. and, and, and the accessories that in fact you need to open up a little more to your your, your data and allow people to configure things within a templated design mm -hmm. philosophy and it can open i mean look at look at sneakers right oh, yeah for sure mongolian barbecue with my uh, my adidas mm -hmm. it's adidas by the way not adidas adidas americans say adidas nike id yeah. have proven that people will pay through the nose yeah um, to visit a site to design their own stuff. Well, and there it is, right? So expression leads to connection. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's what it always it. goes back to. And folks, I, I hope you really, I love this podcast. I hope you get inspired by it. Stay inspired. Definitely do your own thing. Felix Holst, thanks so much for coming Cheers, today. Man. It's and really how do they connect with you? You always have to oh, tell us how they can well, connect I'm with Brian you. I'm Brian Thompson. I'm just <laughs> redneck from Arizona. Uh, but I am just on social media at Brian S. Thompson, Brian with a Y. Brian S. Thompson on all platforms or Brian Thompson Design. You can spell all it right. All roads spell it wrong. lead to Rome here. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Paul. You've been listening again to the guys doing Driven by Design, the only show that shows you the future of automotive design, one car at a time. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio dot net.